Hello, everyone. This is Amy Zirkel, and you're tuning into Transaction Trending, the official podcast of ETA. Thanks for listening. We join you today with something new, a panel discussion on the SMB space in the face of the ongoing COVID-19 public health emergency. Today, we're joined by Derek Webster, CEO of CardFlight, and Adam Bloomston, president of Payrock, to discuss key questions facing our industry and SMBs in America. What are they hearing from their clients? How is COVID-19 changing the payments industry? And what does it mean for the ISOs and agents, many of whom are small businesses themselves? And how collectively we as an industry move forward? Let's take a listen to our discussion. Well, welcome. We're fortunate here at Transaction Trending to have uh, two leaders in the payments industry joining us today for a discussion around a pretty significant issue currently affecting uh, the payments industry uh, with respect to the impact of COVID-19. And that's the impact it's having, particularly on the small business players in, uh, in our space. So um, with that, I'm, I'm truly honored to be joined by Adam Bloomston, who is president of Payrock, as well as Derek Webster, who is the CEO of CardFlight. So with that, why don't we get started? Without a doubt, the COVID-19 public health emergency has had a truly incredible impact on our nation's economy. Um, and no one has felt it really in a more significant way than America's small businesses and their employees. Both of you work so squarely with, with the small business community. Um, what have you been hearing from your small business clients about the impacts they're feeling. Um, and Derek, maybe we can start with you. Thanks, Amy. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's, look, it's definitely had huge impact on small businesses and, and, and challenges, but, you know, there are also kind of pockets of opportunity and pockets of hope, which has been um, good to see as well. Um, so, you know, in terms of the challenges, I mean, it's, it's lost sales, right? And, and that's ultimately what it comes down to for many of these small business owners in particular in navigating um, the pandemic with, uh, you know, closures or reductions of volume. I mean, we've, we've published some data that just as over the course of March, um, we had um, basically over 26% of merchants just stopped taking any sort of transactions altogether. And those that are still, you know, running some level of transactions are still in business in some capacity are seeing transactions down 32% in terms of number of transactions. So um, the impact is real. Um, you know, but I do think there's there's opportunity and hope. I mean, it's you know the fire and the fight that small business owners have to do what they can to to stay in business, to serve their customers, to keep their employees going. And I think we've seen so many businesses that have kind of reinvented themselves and changing changing how they do business to stay in business. I'm sure we'll we'll talk about some of those examples today, but um, you know that's been the, the the most hopeful thing that I've seen you know over the past you know few weeks and couple months is and Adam, from, from your perspective as well, your clients, what are you hearing from your clients? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty rough out there. Um, you know, we stay in, cl in close touch with all of our partners, vendors, and especially our clients, and, and, and we can track it and look through our processing volume and, and see some of the similar trends that Derek is, is showing. I think in March, just March, uh, we'll see day-to-day -day trends down anywhere in the 30 30% range, give or take. Um, and it also it also depends on where they are in the country. If it was a state that went on lockdown prior or earlier, 
um, mm -hmm. versus later, then, you know, you can see those trends and it depends on what type of business, you know, there are uh, some really bad stories when it comes to salon, beauty and salon and when it becomes mm -hmm. to restaurants. Right. Uh, but then there's other, there's other strange pockets, you know, reoccurring billing and, and a buddy of mine owns an insurance business and he's not seeing any effect. Wow. Uh, so there's, there, there's a little bit of both, but I would say that for the most part, you know, small business is under attack. There is an absolute war on our shores in regards to this conversation. No one saw it coming. Um, it's completely unprecedented. There was no way to prepare for it. And all of a sudden it's at their doorstep. And, you know, the, the brutal piece about it is that more so in the small business, business is very personal. Right. And, right. and when business is down, it's not just, you know, like you're an employee at another company per se, which I understand there's negatives and positives to both. But when you're a small business owner and you've got everything riding on it, it's, I'm going to have to sell my house. My kids can't go to that school anymore. I'm at a complete loss. I don't know what to do. So, right. so uh, we are, we are super sensitive to that. And we are, you know, we're going to go through this in a call, but there's a lot of yeah. stuff we're trying to do to help them and, yeah. and roll up our sleeves and get in this fight with them. So, so Adam and Derek, that's a, that is a wonderful, wonderful segue here um, to really talk about what the payments industry is doing to, to respond in a really significant and meaningful way to help to help their customers. So what are you hearing from other payment industry companies? Just, you know, let's let's step back a moment and, and looking at how how this crisis is really changing or or really transforming our industry. So Adam, maybe you can you can start and Derek, you can jump in because I, I think we our listeners would really love the perspective from both of you on that. Yeah, I think I think I hear two questions maybe. Uh one is what do we hear in the industry about how it's changing? And then I guess the second question is would be how are we affecting and, and addressing the change and what do we think is changing? Well, or or just um, how how the crisis is really this is this is making a significant shift I think for the payments industry and you guys are seeing it I think so. Um but kind of hearing your observations too in terms of Obviously, you're, you're you're hearing from your competitors. This is this is a time I think when we're witnessing the industry really kind of trying to come together and hunker down and help across across the board. So, welcome yeah. your perspective on all of that. I believe this will be the beginning of the overall mass acceptance of surcharging. Everyone, all the other platforms and people in the business we're talking to, they say that their phones are ringing with people saying, okay, it's time to switch. You've been telling me about compliance surcharging for a while now. And at this point, more so than ever, protecting every dollar is extremely important for the small business owner. And, you know, if you look at it, I'd say, I don't know, I don't, I mean, I, I remember studying this in college, but there's something like, I don't know, the first 15% of us out there are early adopters to technology. The next 50% are your average adopters to technology, and then the rest are kind of your laggards. So imagine for the last year or two are your early adopters to people surcharging and adding on, you know, call it 3%. To the bill, whether it be at a restaurant or whether it be B2B on an invoice. 
And then you could imagine it would take another five years for the next 50% to adopt. We're feeling, hearing, and thinking that that next 50% is going to happen real fast. Um, you know, we, we, we think that that next 50% is now going to step on the gas. Everyone we're speaking to is just nodding their head. And these are, these are people that, that, that were always like, I don't know if we should do that on our menu at a restaurant. Should we add in 3%? You know, if a sandwich is $10 and add the 30 cents at the bottom. And now it's like, hey, remember that thing you sold me? Just sign me up for it and get it going. Derek, observations from you as well on sort of this, this uh, sort of the landscape and the industry's response and sort of what the yeah, I think changes we're going to witness? Yeah, I mean, I think Adam Adam shares some good points about kind of, you know, longer term, how things are going to play out in, in months and quarters and years. I think in the, you know, in the near term, certainly in March and what we expect, you know, carrying into April is a ton of focus on existing merchant bases and existing merchant portfolios. I mean, you know, I think organic production of new accounts is being impacted. You know, we work with about 80 different acquirers and ISOs and, and many are you know, their sales teams producing new accounts are, you know, down from the levels they were at, you know, three, four or five weeks ago. Um, but they're seeing a ton of stuff, you know, around helping their existent mer existing merchants and portfolios stay in business. And so, you know, like one of the things we're finding is, you know, with a lot of restaurants suddenly pivoting to this curbside takeout delivery kind of model that actually lends itself to, you know, our products and with some of the swipe simples, you know, bring your own device and, and wireless terminal replacement solutions. So we're seeing an uptick in, you know, food and beverage merchants um, beyond historical levels, largely because of existing merchants of a merchant acquire kind of switching to, to swipe simple as a way of taking payment. I think you know, there's there's cool opportunities there to even accelerate that further. I mean, we're working on a, a program with with Payrock to, you know, just light up Swipe Simple for business continuity purposes for a lot of their food and drink customers, and, and we're actually giving away the service collectively between the two companies for at no charge, you know, until the end of mm -hmm. July. And so, just helping those merchants, you know, take a transaction by whatever means necessary, even though the the way they you know conduct business is different than you know maybe if they were a fine dining establishment how they were doing it, you know, even just, right. you know, four and five weeks ago. Wow, that's significant. That is, I, I'm, I'm struck by, by this, you know, we've always said the payments industry is about collaboration and partnership, but, but your two companies really coming together to help, uh, to help small merchants sort of deal, particularly in the, in the, in the hospitality or really in the F&B space, um, you know, are, um, are there challenges in addition that you that you believe um, uh, payments companies can really kind of help SMBs walk through and and define some some effective answers or solutions because I think for so many small merchants this current environment just uh, you know sort of takes your breath away when you think about the impact to to, to some segments of the small merchant space so you know Derek are there um, are there additional you know, additional challenges where payments companies can really be helpful to the to the SMB community. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a matter of just helping the merchant transition to however they're going to conduct their business, which you know is is happening quickly and, and in very different ways. I mean, we've seen you know some stories we've heard even just in the past week are you know a B two B equipment manufacturer that you know historically only sold to large enterprises, you know, on net thirty terms and has actually kind of, you know, based on some of the recent 
changes gotten into, um, you know, more kind of retail kind of sales and serving smaller customers. And so as part of doing that, they, you know, want to accept card payments. And so just helping, you know, a longtime merchant get into card acceptance for the first time, or, you know, we're seeing, you know, veterinarians move to drive through and curbside models for providing animal care. Um, and, you know, we talked about the food and beverage examples. There's so many ways that merchants are changing business. Um, you know, we've seen, we have an invoices feature that's available for Swipe Simple merchants, and we're seeing invoice-based payments go up. So, you know, a lot of existing merchants are, are moving, you know, less, a lot less card present payments and a lot more um, kind of card not present payments, you know, even for a, a, a physical, you know, in real life merchant, not just, you know, someone selling goods online. So, you know, a lot of opportunities there. And then even just for those that still need to be card present or still need to conduct a sale face-to-face, -face, you know, we're seeing a huge interest in contactless technology as kind of the, the no-touch or socially distant way of conducting face-to-face -face commerce where, you know, where face-to-face -face is required. So yeah, right. I think all of those things, our industry can offer solutions for those merchants to, to help them take a sale and help them close the, the sale and help them get paid. Yeah. And it is about devising a, a digital strategy um, for for a segment of small merchants that may have not really thought in those in those terms uh, about really really driving transformation and in, in how they're approaching their business. Um, Adam, from from your perspective uh, and from Payrock, where um, what guidance can you offer to to segments of the small merchant community that really have just you know, not not been early adopters in a robust digital strategy realize that that really can be a lifeline to protecting their business in this current environment and, and sort of anticipating that this is a path they have to go down. What what guidance um, can be offered? Yeah, I'd say I'd say Derek spot on with that contactless um, conversation there. We're seeing an uptick in requests. You know, I think every time you're sticking a card into a machine right now, you're going, huh, my hand's on that card. And who else's hands have been on what cards that are now inside that same machine? And you're kind of going, I'd like to just be able to tap and pay and move on at this point. Um, you know, I think advice to the small business owner, I, I think like you just mentioned, Amy, you've got you've to kind of think about what this looks like on the other side. You know, the other side, this is not going to be a V, a v-shaped recovery this is going to be go on and on for a while you know how do you reinvent yourself and and adapt to what is the new norm and unfortunately will be probably a prolonged recovery you know do do gas stations uh go back to full service i mean how nice would it be to pull up and not have to get out of your car if you could afford that whatever the price might be and then avoid what's taking place in social distancing and 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 there's articles you can read where where the, the 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 doctor is going back to the old school, the old ways, where he makes house visits. So you don't have to go into the doctor's office and sit in the waiting room where everybody's been going in that probably had this thing anyway, and which is the reason why they went in. So so it's about I think reinventing yourself a little bit and coming up with ways, um, you know, that take it that that, that puts you puts you in line to succeed. We've got. Uh, I mean, we have built uh, dozens of takeout delivery landing pages in the past three weeks, dozens. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just one of our hotter products right now where within 24 hours, we can help you get your, 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 your menu up online. 
and people are going on click and ordering, stopping by, and they've got a little process for it. So, so wow. I, I think you're right. I think they are going to have to address it from a digital perspective and say, how do I reinvent myself, and what 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 will my industry and what will I look like on the other side? Mm -hmm. So here's and here's another great question, and 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 for both of you, but Adam, I, I suspect you might have some perspective on this because this is really when you look at the traditional or the core ISO and agent channel, um, who are also small businesses themselves, but selling a portfolio of well, two questions: selling a portfolio of products that maybe didn't have as much tech innovation figured prominently maybe in the kinds of services they were selling, but also being small businesses themselves, they're going to be affected. So, so Adam, if you, Adam and Derek both, I would love to hear your perspectives on what this means for the ISO and agent community in this, in this current environment and, and going forward, um, given Adam, you said this is, this is going to be a new norm. Look, this is, you're absolutely right. Agents and ISOs need to be filling out their PPP paperwork right now, excuse me, paycheck protection program paperwork through the SBA right now. I mean, any business under 500 employees, including Payrock and including Swipe Simple, they're all eligible for these funds. Um, so everyone should at first begin that and, and start that paperwork. Now, now the, the good and the bad news. So the bad news is we're probably seeing across the industry. I mean, everyone you talk to, for the most part, um, is seeing these 30 to 40% declines day per day in the month of March. Now, there's a lot of online business and, and, and things like that. Like I said, reoccurring subscriptions and that, that just don't see the impact yet, and that's, that's really good. You know, I, I think they just have to kind of batten down the hatches, try and get their PPP funds, um, and, and, and handle, figure out how to cut their own personal expenditures and their business expenditures in a way. Uh, that they can come out the other side of this because I, I believe firmly that the payments industry is an extremely strong place to be in in regards to the recovery. Uh, I don't think it'll be a V-shaped recovery, but it will come back and people will begin to spend. Um, you know, there's there's all these little debates then about well, there's going to there potentially could be less businesses, therefore I might lose less businesses. But then again, those same people in your in your in the areas will have to go spend their money somewhere else. So hopefully. You have those other businesses, right? Um, and then there's the whole, you know, unemployment question that comes into play here. But, but I leave the agent NISO with this message, and and that's that, you know, for the most part in our space, it's it's difficult to really set yourself apart in normal times. Uh, you can do it um, with a lot of work and a lot of marketing and 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 having integrity. You can do it, but it is difficult because there are a lot of us out there. But, but in this day and age, you can absolutely rebrand yourself in, the, in these trying times mm -hmm. by stepping up to the plate, doing everything you can for the small business, being there for your customers. And when you come out the other side, you'll have built a lot of loyalty. And, and that's how you succeed in this industry is by reducing your attrition and not losing those customers while you're trying to gain them. So I think this is a time to double down on marketing and helping your customers and rolling up your sleeves. Right. Um, Derek, your perspective, too, on, on sort of the ISO agent community and, and, um, and the impact all this is going to have on them? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, obviously revenue is going to be down. I mean, mo most, you know, still for most acquirers and ISOs, the number one, you know, revenue driver for them is, is transaction-based and per transaction. And when there's fewer transactions for fewer dollars happening, you know, their revenue is absolutely going to be down. But I think 
you know, to what Adam said, I think we've been amazed at how well a lot of our customers, you know, merchant acquirers and ISOs have, have really just stayed focused on the needs of their customers. And if anything, I think this becomes really clarifying. It, it, it forces you to, to focus on your, your existing customers and what they need. You know, whereas I think there's a, a lot of natural pressure to focus on the next sale um, in the ISO and acquirer community. And now it's, you know, this is a great time to double down on the sales you made, you know, months or years ago. And, and you know, getting that lifelong loyal customer by, you know, having speed and compassion, bring them solutions, you know, in their time and need, because, you know, that's, that's what people remember. And so, um, you know, I think there's, there's also an opportunity here for that, you know, it's for the ISOs and acquirers are able to kind of look beyond their near term revenue pressures and, and, you know, use it as an opportunity to, to help and support their customers, and especially the most vulnerable ones. I think there's a great opportunity there. And, you know, I think one interesting thing here is I, I do wonder if, you know, it, it feels like for the past few years, there's been this huge trend towards a verticalization of payment solutions and wanting to be vertical focused, vertical specific. And it's, uh, for whatever reason, I've, it's always been a misnomer to me because our solutions are broadly applicable and, you know, they solve the needs of plumbers and hairstylists and, you know, caterers and, you know, dozens of other merchant types. And I think I do wonder if, if people will, you know, see the benefit in diversified business models, whether it be diversified revenue streams or diversified customer types. I mean, as Adam mentioned, there's, you know, there are some merchants that are in categories that are more resilient right now. And I wonder if, you know, in our industry, there will be, you know, people that, that start putting more focus on SaaS-based business models as opposed to per-tran economics or, you know, just serving a broader base of merchants rather than, you know, that vertical focus that feels to have been a trend over the past few years. Mm -hmm. So. Right. Right. Um, that'll take some time to shake out, but um, those are those are certainly some of the things I'm watching. Sure. And you're both, you know, you're both business leaders. Um, and Derek, I know I've I've uh, had the pleasure to be in your in your space in New York in the past. Apologies, Adam. Uh, but I, you guys are both built um, built some really wonderful businesses with great people and great organizations. Um, how are you addressing? And Derek, I'll start with you. How are you addressing this current environment for card flight? Yeah, well, well, I'm not taking this podcast from that office in New York City. I mean, we've been <laughs> fully remote for some weeks now as a company. And, you know, I think the fact that we are a technology company at our core, you know, has made this happen and this transition more fluidly for us than I think a lot of people. Um, you know, our our teams are used to collaborating on video chats anyway. And, you know, now that's the obviously the dominant way of collaborating, but, you know, and Slack and all that kind of stuff. I mean, so you know, we've all made the transition very well. And I think, you know, the, the first focus was just maintaining continuity for ourselves and for our customers and just ensuring, can we continue to deliver everything our customers expect of us? And I think we're very fortunate in that, that while that was, you know, a bit of a scramble to confirm the answer was yes, I think, you know, we were very proud that, that the answer was definitely yes. And we were able to do that without disruption for our customers. And I think, with, with everything that's left in, in our team and our capabilities and our talents and our energy, I think we're really focusing on finding ways to help our, our merchant acquirer customers and, and merchants. And so we've been channeling a bunch of energy there. We've been publishing a bunch of data and insights, you know, of the transaction trends within, you know, our merchant base just to help the industry have access to, to information so they can make database decisions about what's happening out there and what to do as a business owner. So um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of, of how our team has been able to respond and, and to, you know, keep business moving forward, even though we're doing it in a very distributed way. 
So um, it, it goes without saying it's an understatement that, it, that we are in the midst of a really difficult and unprecedented time. Um, and we all, we're all looking for some good news. Um, we're spending a lot of time with our family and getting, you know, getting perspective uh, to, to really align thinking and get through all of this. Um, Adam, what's, uh, what's bringing you comfort and giving you hope right now? If we can uh, kind of share some, and it can be bourbon too. I, <laughs> I've talked to a number of our ETA member, it's amazing what gets you through, but, but what is, uh, what's bringing you comfort and giving you hope right now? Yeah, I mean, I'll speak to that, you know, personally and and then from a commercial perspective as well. I mean, like you said, there's there are some personally, there's some really cool moments that you're getting to have with your family, you know, moments you just never you just weren't around that much. I mean, you traveled for a living, you work nine to five, you, you know, and now you're just in the same house all the time. So it is cool that you do kind of recognize some little things that, you know, that, that you didn't get to see before and you're connecting in a, in a way you didn't didn't necessarily get to do before. Um, from a commercial perspective, there's a couple of interesting and cool things that that give us a, some hope. So, so first off, at Payrock, our our new sales in the month of March uh, hit budget. So we didn't see a drop in new sales. Now, like I mentioned, we saw almost a 30% drop in in, in certain cities and certain areas um, on our volume in March. But people are still out there, like the, Amer- the the American small business dream, the hope that they've got to fix and change and re- have resolve and be resourceful and, and take advantage of these digital products that they need to is there. And they're they're out there trying to figure out what to do next and, and trying to figure out how to, to layer in the next, next wave of payments tech that they need. And then this is interesting, too. I'll share this with you. Um, in the past five days, we saw the increase that was taking place of negative processing volume compared to same period last year, we saw that shrink and the curve flattened and now it's going back in the correct direction. Uh, And we've now seen that, I wouldn't say that if it were only a day or two, we're now at like day four and five that we've seen the curve of processing Mm -hmm. volume head back in the correct direction. Wow. And, And we believe that that's because there was a moment of panic and freak out that we all went through starting three and two weeks ago of everyone just literally hiding under their beds. And then now there is still a lot of personal, I guess, you know, fear and we all have to social distance and stay in lockdown. But at the same time, I'm back to maybe buying something online or I know I need to go to the grocery store or the liquor store People, I think, are, or, or it's that restaurant that, hey, that restaurant is doing takeout, and this is okay. I can buy from them for takeout, and I need to support the small business. So I think we're seeing it loosen up a little bit, and slowly people have started to spend again across the country. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that gives me a little hope. Yeah. No, I, I, it's interesting because that's my, been my pattern too. Derek, any, what's giving you hope, Derek? We- we are in the middle of a pandemic, so I think, you know, first and foremost, the health and safety of our, our team members and our partners, and, and very fortunate to have not had any direct impact thus far, and certainly taking all sorts of precautions to, to keep that the case. But I think, you know, it's, it's times like this that remind us to not take that for granted. Um, 
you know, but but that all said, I think it's been great to see just the resourcefulness and tenacity of card flight team members. I mean, we've spent a lot of time and energy building, you know, a, a, a team of people and just seeing the, the way they come together collectively and just the individual contributions that, that everyone's made, just that resilience has been, uh, just as a founder and a CEO, just so amazing to see, because obviously it's, you know, building a, a successful company is, is absolutely a team effort. Um, you know, I think like Adam, I, I am enjoying spending time with family. I've got a 13-month-old at home who had recently started walking. And so it's been fun to actually be a, a real part of a lot of those milestones that, you know, in the, the whole jet set lifestyle that's, that's now been, you know, slowed down dramatically. Um, you know, I can actually, you know, enjoy those moments and connect with my wife and son. And, you know, we've got another child on the way as well that um, we, we hope will be in a uh, safe world here in July um, when she's born. But, um, you know, we're, so we're excited and all that. And so, um, you know, it's looking forward to, to helping our industry and, and small business owners navigate the, the challenging times, but, um, you know, it's been, it's been great to work with card flight team members and making it all happen. Well, I, Adam Bloomston and Derek Webster, thank you both so much for your time today here on, uh, on transaction trending, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. Thanks again to Derek and Adam for joining me today on this podcast. We'll continue to bring our listeners and our members more perspectives, research, and resources on our industry in COVID-19. Visit our website, www.electran.org COVID to see more. And be sure to subscribe to Transaction Trending wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay safe, stay healthy. And for ETA, I'm Amy Zirkel. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been Transaction Trending, a podcast powered by the Electronic Transactions Association. ETA is the leading trade association for the payments industry, representing over 500 payments technology companies worldwide. This episode was produced by Laura Hubbard and Patrick Nolan. It was recorded, edited, and mixed by Patrick Nolan. For more information on the Electronic Transactions Association, visit electran.org.